garantie ce ventaine. Hello and welcome to another episode of LGR. On this episode, we are yeah a little bit lapsed, <laughs> and so we're yes. going to we are going to be doing a little bit of a mid year review, even though by the time you hear this, it will be definitely August. I am your host Stuart Neil, and joining me tonight are Mark and Andy. Good evening. Evening. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for you, Andy. Hello. I was waiting for you. <laughs> so yes, our topic tonight is basically just a mid-year review of 2017 so far. Um, it has been quite a year. Um, so far there has been numerous uh, sequels to big games. There has been quite a few new IPs. There has been some new hardware, some announced new hardware. And uh, quite an awful lot of indie games being ported over to um, sort of new gen technology over the PS4 and the Xbox One, as well as the Switch. Um, so that'll be nice for people who have m- maybe missed those indie games on the previous generation or even on PC uh, to finally get caught up and start playing those. So we will dive straight into it and uh, just start going through um, some of the things from sort of January, February and March. Part 1 in which our intrepid hosts delve through a sea of remakes and re-releases. January was sort of mostly sequels and prequels, actually. Um, we had Gravity Rush 2, uh, Dragon Quest 8 on the 3DS, uh, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. Those titles just get ridiculous so the day. <laughs> uh, we had a new Resident Evil 7. We had the prequel of Yakuza 0 and a new IP on Conan Exiles. Uh, we've also had WWE 2K17, Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World, new IPs, Neo and For Honor, um, as well as Lego Worlds and Horizon Zero Dawn, and Torment's Tides of Numenaria, um, new Walking Dead as well. And before then we get into March, um, there was the very obvious and very much uh, hyped launch of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so I think most of March was really dominated by all the Switch titles that came out. Uh, so things like 1-2 Switch, um, a port for I Am Setsuna, obviously Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I don't doubt will be topping an awful lot of Game of the Year lists. Probably, um, yes. e- even with it coming out in March. Uh, then with other things like Snipper Clips, Shovel Knight, Spectre of Torment, um, they sort of release including sort of extra uh, DLC and things there was the Switch version of Skylanders Imaginators a new version of Super Bomberman uh, a couple of old games being ported things like um, World of Goo and um, also not uh, to forget the other consoles uh, Near Automata um, came out as well as the Elder Scrolls Legends Star Trek Bridge Crew Mass Effect Andromeda and everything came out on the PS4 uh, there was also things like Mario Sport Superstars on the 3DS and another re-release of Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix. Basically, the first three months of the year were pretty chock-a-block with some big titles in there. 
Yeah, this is becoming a recurring pattern uh, over the last few years. Games not make. I mean, the Switch threw a spanner in the works because it because it was launching in March, which is unusual for a console to launch at that time of year. Mm-hmm. But um, as a general trend, even if you just look at games coming out on the big two. Um, Games, a lot of games not making their silly season deadline being pushed back to spring mm-hmm. uh, is becoming more and more of a thing. Either they're not making the deadline and being pushed back to spring or they're deliberately deciding to release in spring to try and get some clean space, which, yeah. as you can see, is no it's not even a clear <laughs> space then. To be honest, the only time now that you can release something and have reasonably clean air is like July, th- June through August. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's even then when we go further on, that's a struggle as well when you look at it. It is, yeah. It's it's becoming more of a... It used to be the case that like there'd be a drip, drap of, a drip drop of games, you know, throughout the year, and then end of August through to Christmas time was just mm. solid. Um, yeah. And now it's end of August through to end of May. Yeah, mm. near enough. It's, it yeah. does sort of carry on through. And then obviously you're then into sort of um, the conference seasons and things like that. So even mm-hmm. with anything that sort of launched before that, they can sometimes get overshadowed by what comes along during the conferences themselves anyway. Even though the games announced then are maybe at least a year, if not um, two years down the line. Hmm. This has been the first year in a good while that I I'm, I'm think i safe to say that this is a um, a vintage year for video game releases, for, for, for high quality video game releases, even though we're only mm-hmm. six months in. Um, and also it's kind of weird that like the first half of the year was kind of dominated by the Switch and PS4 exclusives. I mean big ones. Gravity Rush 2 maybe not quite so big, but mm-hmm. um, Yakuza 0, Horizon Zero Dawn, Neo, yeah. Neo mm-hmm. Automata, Persona 5, mm-hmm. like all uh, PlayStation exclusives. And then there's not really that much coming out the back end of the year on PlayStation apart from Gran Turismo Sport and um, Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy. Lost Chunkers, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there's quite a few Xbox exclusives coming out mm-hmm. at that time, at that, that end of the year, whereas there were there was only one in the first half, I think, Halo Wars 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only one. I think it's a tactic by Sony now. They sort of hit at the beginning of the year, first three, four months, mm-hmm. with this generation in particular, where they release exclusives and then they rely on the third party deals, you know, exclusive DLC, well, I think stuff like the that. The Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn one, I think missed their we're going to miss their target i think the horizon zero dawn was supposed to come out towards in the last year and got pushed back to spring but with the exception of that all of the big playstation exclusive games have been japanese games and i don't know mm. i i don't really know when there whether there is a traditional time in the year that they japanese games usually get released but neo near persona 5 um yakuza they're all Hmm. Japanese game, even uh, Gravity Rush is a Japanese game as yeah, well. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah. Uncharted 4 last year. That came out in March, April, wasn't it, or May, something like that. That was another one that got uh, delayed. Yeah, but mm. they don't delay it for a year. They'll delay it for the no, early they part. Delayed it for about, they delayed it for about six months. Mm. So they don't delay it for a full to get Christmas season. They don't, they don't seem too concerned about the Christmas season anymore. They just seem it to doesn't say, seem to be as important, no, really. Not to Sony. It seems to hit Microsoft yeah. more, but for Sony, it seems to be like, right, the game's ready, we're going to release it in this period. Basically. Well, yeah, Microsoft needs things to be able to drive console sales. 
Whereas yeah. Sony have kind of got that wrapped up at the moment. Going into April, uh, we have Ports of Lego City Undercover. We have a remastered version of Parappa the Rappa. We have, as you already mentioned, Mark, uh, Persona 5 coming out. A new version of Bulletstorm. The uh, very much hyped and very much looked forward to Ukulele finally released um, in April. Um, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people were very disappointed by it. Mm. Um I saw it at EGX last year and it looked okay, but wasn't anything special as far as I was concerned. Yeah, that's the th- that's that was what I took away from. It. I was really interested in it because I was a big fan of those old three um, D mascot character platformers, you know, Spyro the Dragon and uh, and games like that back in the day. Uh, and I was really looking forward to this. And then I played some of it at EGX and I only managed to play about. 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. uh, but it just seemed kind of devoid of that charm that those old mascot platformer games had uh, then we have uh, things like there's a there was a full thrall uh, remastered the old uh, LucasArts game um, Guardians of the Galaxy the new Telltale series um, came out in April got Micro Machines World Series uh, which a lot of people have been a little bit down on. Yeah, um, that came out in July, wasn't it? it got was that bumped again, yeah, was it, since then? Got I've got it down to April on my list. Um, let's see, we've got Dragon Quest Heroes 2 on the PS4, uh, the sequel to Outlast, Outlast 2 uh, came out. Puyo Puyo Tetris came Game out on the year. PS4 and Switch. Ooh. Well, yes. We know you do love a bit of Puyo Puyo Tetris. <laughs> also, then, we've got a couple of big sequels. Uh, Siberia 3, Sniper Ghost Warrior 3, Warhammer 40,000, Dawn of War 3, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which, while not quite a sequel, um, was definitely a buffed-up port um, over onto the Switch. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which has, yeah, sold an awful lot, although I think the sales figures on that have now been eclipsed um, by Splatoon. Yeah. <laughs> Purely because Ooh. of the Japanese market, who are absolutely mad for that. Mm. Uh, but we'll get on to that one later And on the well. French. The French have absolutely nuts for splatoon really <laughs> yes i i've uh, I, I looked into this because I, i've been playing quite a lot of it recently and i was seeing lots of people popping up with um uh, game tags g and k and then a name like g and k enzo g and k whatever mm-hmm. and i had to look it up and g and k is like it's like guillaume and kate or something like that oh, okay. uh, who are a couple of french youtubers who are massive in france and they stream pretty much exclusively splatoon all right okay yeah Yeah, interesting also towards the tail end of the month we had a couple of new ips coming out um which have garnered quite a lot of interest uh what remains of edith edith finch and little nightmares um both came out and such a good game yeah um both of those an awful lot of people have been talking a lot about i think little nightmares had a bit more hype coming out of it and um Mm. A lot of people have enjoyed that, but I think what remains of Edith Finch, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, has definitely been like a, a little bit of a sleeper hit um, released early enough in the year. Um, but people are still talking about it because they're finally getting around to playing it and uh, very much enjoying that. One that's definitely on my radar. Okay, moving into May. Um, again, we have quite a few big games here. Um, the much-delayed... Uh, new version of Prey what would Mm be normally called Prey 2 except that we're into like the 20 teens naming conventions where everything drops the (laughs) numbered version um, of it and just goes back to the original title 
Prey's had a weird development issue because there was only the one Prey that came out. Yeah. Yes. And then there was that demo from the E3 yonks ago for Prey 2, which yep. looked like a completely different game to Prey. It was like a first-person mm-hmm. um, space bounty hunting game. Yep. Uh, that got canned. Fast forward however many years it is, and they, yeah, they just just used the name to make something that was completely different to both original Prey and what was going to be Prey 2. Yeah. yeah, it is a little bit strange. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, it falls into the naming convention of just calling things Doom or Wolfenstein or Prey, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what it was called previously, um, but it's not quite a sequel. It's no. not quite a reboot of the universe. Uh, Good title, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we also have things like World of the West, Human Fall Flat, a remaster of Loco Roco on the PS4. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of new titles then, Strafe uh, for the PS4 and PC, and Farpoint for the PSVR. PSVR seems to have had a very, I would say, rocky year so far. Um, I would say overall VR hasn't really hasn't really had the uptake um that a lot of people i think were hoping from what i gather there's like there's a really good attach rate for people who've got playstation vr headsets mm. yeah uh, they just can't make enough of the headsets for people mm. to buy them yeah and like, no one's had one in stock for ages mm. Mm. i think what i've seen the game releases have seem really good i mean farpoint got good reviews star trek bridge crew seems to have good reviews i think there's been enough games for people to play um, mm-hmm. I think, just, like Mark says, with the hardware issues, being able to get one is really difficult. So, I don't, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what they expect really, because it's three four nine. It's the price of a console. Mm-hmm. How much are you actually expecting people to buy? I mean, is it just over a million probably sold already? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what they said. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then I don't think they've been able to spell that many since then because they just haven't been able mm-hmm. to produce them. I was going to say, okay, there's been a million sold, but how many of them are sitting in CEX? Uh, We have a new version of Minecraft released for the Switch, um, which I think has probably or will be getting the... Uh, the 4K upgrade um, that will be coming along at some stage soon, uh, which has been announced if it hasn't already been applied. Uh, we got a sequel to Injustice, um, Gods Among Us. Um, the really good. The D- DC fighting game, uh, which yeah, a lot of people have been raving about. The first one did, I think, surprisingly well mm-hmm. um, for the premise of it, um, but I think an awful lot of people did enjoy it. Yeah, I think um, even NetherRealm Studios were really surprised by how well it did. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you expect a Mortal Kombat game to do well, and I think the Mortal Kombat games have been doing well. But yeah, uh, um, Injustice kind of became a hit out of nowhere. Uh, we also have things like The Surge, uh, sequel to Endless Space on the PC, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, uh, Shadows of Valentia on the 3DS, a complete version of Disgaea Five um, released on the Switch, a new version of Guilty Gear Zerd Rev Two. And um, a remastered version of Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers on the Switch, which added Evil Ken and Evil Ryu. Um, but I think an awful lot of people were disappointed by the price point on it. Oh, God, it's uh, so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what's sitting at, what, 35 if not a little bit more, um, for what is basically an old game. Mm-hmm. Um, even the version without Evil Ken and Evil Ryu that's available on, I think, isn't 
Was it even released on the PS3? It's certainly released on the PS4. Um, I don't know if it was being. It was definitely available on Xbox 360. Uh, so, and that um, I think was released at maybe 20, if not cheaper than that. And I think for a lot of people that would have been a better price point. Um, but it's one of those things. Switch tax. <laughs> Switch tax, <laughs> yeah. Of which, well, trying to get hold of a Switch, never mind anything else. Um, yeah. I think people in Japan are still queuing up for the chance to enter a raffle to then buy a Switch, um, which says an awful lot about how popular it is and how Nintendo are maybe misjudging <laughs> um, their hardware sales again. It seems to be a common thing. Uh, yeah. What with the, the NES Classic Mini um, now being um, sort of... I was going to say end of life, but that's not quite right. But having reached the end of its production run, and uh, so Nintendo have said obviously that they're not going to make any more, but have now announced the Mini SNES Classic, um, which will be, I think it's available end of the year, isn't it? September-ish? Yeah, and it's sold out everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> chance of getting your hands on it, and it's got even less games yeah. uh, than the, the, class, the NES Classic did. In a country of conservative companies Nintendo are even more conservative than than most of those in terms of actually getting mm-hmm. you know, a, a decent number of their products made they've never really handled it very well um, no. apart from maybe the Wii U era that's because nobody wanted to buy it <laughs> well possibly yes um, well no they eventually got the hardware um, right for the Wii uh, there's plenty of them it took about a year though didn't it yeah it did take um, a good while but they eventually got there and uh, look how well that did them um, yeah you know so getting the hardware out there and getting it ready for people to buy um, is definitely worth doing so that takes us up to the end of May um, that's quite a large list of games and obviously this whole list um, I have sort of edited it down quite a bit um, if anybody else is um, sort of more of a player on Steam and they are subscribed to one of the Steam newsletters that comes out reminding you of how many games were released each week. It's usually <laughs> over a hundred new games Yeah, is released every week on Steam. And, uh, okay, while not all of them are going to have the sort of the marketing or the hype around them, um, that's still an awful lot of developers and things uh, trying to make a living, basically, mm. on making games. Um and so, you know, any of those ones are certainly well worth uh, looking out for and supporting. Mm. I mean, looking at it, and I don't know if it's going to be a bit of a tangent, but, you know, when you look at it, the amount of games are coming out and high quality, we're talking here, a lot of them have garnered good reviews. Is there too many games? Too good games? You know, like, and these are coming out month by month by month, and not all of them are selling. I mean, the price of games... If you wait two or three weeks, it just mm-hmm. comes crashing. Um, Prey, for example, went down to 25. I managed to get Ties of Numeria, which is a hit on the PC. Uh, it's meant to be really good. Picked it up, released mm-hmm. at 40. Picked it up about four weeks later for 15 quid. Yeah. You know, is there an issue where we're getting to a point where saturation and people are just getting... S- smaller smaller bits of a pie depends on the game like Prey is a good example of what seems to happen to almost every Bethesda game um, is they'll come out usually to 
pretty good you know average to good reviews uh will sell quite well but then drop massively in price like a matter of weeks later like doom was one of the best games um in you know the general mm. opinion of the gaming press one of the best games of last year and as mm. far as i understand it sold pretty damn well as well didn't yeah. stop it being on sale weeks after it came out no. um but then like at the other end you got games like um neo uh something i've had my eye on picking up for a while mm. because it's a you know seems a bit bloodborne dark souls ish and i always like a game like that um it just has not dropped in price mm. at all persona 5 um, just doesn't drop in price. In fact, it's from what I understand, it's quite difficult to get hold of a copy yeah, of Persona Five. But um, yeah, it's starting to creep up. I'm even sort of keeping an eye on the PlayStation Three version of it. And yeah, um, Amazon usually have it listed in around the forty quid mark, so it's not really budging. And as stocks begin to dry up a little bit, that is going to increase. I can see that um, easily jumping up to 60, 70 quid mm-hmm. um, whenever the sort of uh, finally um, sort of stuff being uh, mm. made or produced, or yeah. just as the stock starts to run out. It's weird like that, but some games, uh, and they, they tend to be possibly the slightly more niche um, and or Japanese games, tend mm. to hold their value a little bit longer oh, yeah. um, and Nintendo games we all know how long they hold their value for <laughs> yeah. it's impossible to get them cheap almost yeah um, well particularly there's things on the Switch but even some of the stuff on the Wii U is still um, holding its price mm. yep. you know um, second hand Yoshi's Woolly World still sitting at about 25 um, even trying to get a copy of Pokemon Tournament even though Pokemon mm. Tournament or DX or whatever <coughs> it's called on the Switch um, mm. is coming out Pokemon Tournament on the Wii U is still sitting at about 30 quid mm. um, I think just a smidge less than that in CEX um, but that's still what 28 pounds mm. You see, you still do get the odd bargain. Thanks to Andy, I managed to pick up a copy of uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker for was it twelve pounds and yeah, change. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. Like you know, we talk when you compare it to something. I know you can, like for light, but you compare it to something like the movie industry, where week by week there's a new release, and there's been some heavy losses this year. In particular, there's been some good hits, but heavy losses. What do? What would retailers develop? publishers actually want would they want one or two games per month solid good hits or do they just want a deluge of games that seems to be at this moment in time coming out and keep the price high for longer or knock it down within two three weeks it's a tough one the movie industry has been having this problem for a few years if you look at like global sake well um the movie, well, the, the blockbuster films have had the, the buffer of being able to start selling their films in China as the Chinese yeah. market's opened up, and that's mm-hmm. taking a lot more money. But if you look at domestic box office takings for like the big summer mm. blockbuster movies, it's going down year on year. Yeah, it's collapsed this year. Um, Some of them, you know, like Transformers, are actually yeah. shit movie. It's lost five hundred million down number number yeah. four. The recent one, yeah. the Mummy didn't take as much as. It's just some of these examples. The hits hold. But certain ones don't anymore. So, but then, like the hits don't in terms of like video games, the hits on the whole don't hold either. Mm. Like everything comes down in price within a few weeks, eventually. Especially physical stuff, because and I understand why it, why that's the case with physical because like games are in that weird space compared to films, where a film will exist in the cinema for a period mm. of weeks, um, whereas a game doesn't have that. It. It'll come out as a physical release. 
shops will take in inventory of it uh, or online retailers and then a few weeks later they've got to clear that inventory to make space for the next game that's coming out and so they just drop the price to try and clear that inventory you don't don't see that many massive drastic drops for recent games and like digital stuff on ps4 uh, and xbox one yeah it does seem to be a problem um if you look at the games that came out around silly season last year um the sequels that Mm. were uh, as good or better than the games that have come before them, but sold less copies. Watch Dogs 2, massive improvement over the first Watch Dogs. Didn't sell anywhere near as many copies as the first Watch Dogs did. Mm. Uh, Dishonored 2 uh, was an improvement on the first Dishonored, which the first Dishonored, in my opinion, was an amazing game. The second was even better. Did uh, disappointing sales, and it looks like that franchise is now being ended. Mm. Um, it's... Yeah... It's, it seems to be a problem. Well, I've banged on this podcast before about the problem with uh, Titanfall 2 being released a week after Battlefield 1 and, unsurprisingly, tanking. There, I think there are just too many... Well, it's, it's kind of... I'm split because, yeah, there's too many games being released in too short a period. Mm. But there is also, if you ignore the deluge of shooters and you know third-person action games... There's a really, really good variety of games that come down. Just look down that list of what's come out this year, and there's such an amazing variety of games. And it really does cater to everybody. I think, to an extent, a lot of gamers' tastes have changed. Uh, They're a lot more open um, to trying something a little bit different. Absolutely. um, That they maybe haven't tried before. Whereas, you know, people who maybe stuck with their sports games, you know, they get um, their sports games in around sort of September time. And that basically does them the entire year until the next one out. But a lot of these people are playing both sports games. They're maybe having a go at first person shooters. Um, There's a lot more online games and things now, um, which hold people's attention, I think, an awful lot more. It's. Some of those games, yes, people are getting them, they're buying them, and they're basically just rinsing them um, very, very quickly or finding out that they're not their sort of thing. But within that, then, it goes straight into the second-hand market. And people are, at least if they can get rid of it quickly on the second-hand market, they're not uh, losing an awful lot of money on it. Um, Because whenever it goes into CEX, they've maybe dropped maybe a tenner on it um, with the money that they get back. And so in that respect, then... Okay, they've played it, they've had a little bit of time with it, and what have you, it cost a tenner as opposed to it being the full um, 40-odd quid or whatever um, that they have shelled out for it. I think that does play in, um, a little bit of it too. But I'm seeing more and more, um, <clears throat> if you take out the behemoths, like your cards, uh, your destinies, your battlefields, um, halos, games like that, um, online player bases for games dropping off on console a lot quicker than they ever used mm. to. Like, uh, I was playing um, uh, Trackmania Turbo the other day, um, mm-hmm. and that game's not been out for that long, maybe about a year. Yeah, yeah by that. Um, when, I, when it first came out, you could jump on any time, day or night, and there would be rooms and rooms and rooms full of like 100 people. Um, you could jump into a 100-person server, absolutely no problem at all. These days, it's... You know, you're lucky if you find one or two rooms of twenty people in. Mm-hmm. Um, even games like that, have, or even a game that came out early this year, um, Tom Clancy's uh, Ghost Recon the- Wildlands oh. yep. has the online base has kind of shrunk massively. For Honor um, sold quite a few copies 
uh, on its opening weekend, barely anyone plays it online anymore. Hmm. It's like the AAA market is shrinking. Um, there's still like a few whales in there, um, but on the whole, the, the market's shrinking. And the it feels like the indie market is growing. It's good for those indie uh, studios. I mean, they've got much lower much smaller overheads than you know big triple a studios but it, it means that i i i i fear that in the coming years we're going to see more and more big marquee studios being closed down because their games are just not making enough money yeah. i think that's an important to sort of think about there is an awful lot of things you know even the new ips things like horizon zero dawn or uh, near automata um and things like that they have been in development probably for at least two years if not a little bit longer things like prey have been in development for ages so in reality if those games aren't a success then it really does have a huge impact on those game studios um for some of them yes um they have been successful horizon zero dawn and everything has been very well regarded and things like that so there's a good chance that there may be a sequel to it or um that the studio can actually then move on to something else oh, there will yeah. absolutely be a sequel to it i guarantee yeah. it there were, uh, there originally wasn't going to be any dlc for it and then they announced there was going to be some dlc for it so uh, yeah it's going to be it's it's sold even better than i think they possibly hoped it would do mm. um so there'll be a sequel for that yeah so it's still very much hit and miss um some things gamers just are latching onto and really enjoying you know things like overwatch um are still getting an awful lot of play yeah um, you know uh i know that's because blizzard are behind that and you know certainly um blizzard are very very good at what they do and keeping the attach rates um on for their players and things like that outside of um league of legends um and uh, yeah, I, I was looking. I look at the metrics for the most active subreddits. Um, you know, individual individual sections of Reddit in the month of June. Um, <clears throat> and outside of um, uh, League of Legends and a subreddit devoted to exchanging uh, in-game items for Rocket League, mm. uh, the biggest gaming subreddit by a long way was Overwatch. Yeah, I think that does say an awful lot that there are. People are just latching on to maybe one big game that they will mm-hmm. play, and the rest of them they're maybe just having a quick go at and sort of rinsing. Yeah. Do you want to take a wild guess? Uh, what game was the? If you discount the other two, what game came not that far behind Overwatch as the most active sub gaming related subreddit in the month of June? Resident Evil Seven. No. Injustice Two. No. Final Fantasy Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. It was the twenty-first most active subreddit in the month of June, which is insane. For it's not World of Warcraft. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's interesting. Looking at that list, Titanfall Two would have been a big hit. That was um, because there was no FPS this first part of the year. This uh, six months, there's no massive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it needed to come out um, spring, summertime this year in like you know clean space. But EA was obsessed with eating into um, Call of Duty sales. They yep. put both of their shooters out in the space of a fortnight, well, the space of a week of each other, to try and chew, uh, you know, cut down on Call of Duty sales. And they did to a certain extent, not a massive amount, not enough to make Activision, you know, flinch. They ended up cannibalizing Titanfall Two in the in the process when mm-hmm. it should have come out in this space. Because you're right, there there is not a single big shooter at at all. I mean, there's nothing. Apart from uh, Cliffy B's new game, Lawbreakers, comes out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, there's nothing till Destiny 2. Yeah. yeah. And then they all come out at once, COD. 
and then, but and then they all come out of us. Yeah, um, it's just a concern. That's the thing that sometimes you can't do. You know, watching a twelve film can't really be compared to a six seven hour game. It is difficult. You know, the time um, you put into a game. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Is that um, is, is another problem? Is that games have become, with the exception of things like Horizon Zero Dawn, has a campaign. Then that's it. There's no multiplayer or anything like that. But more and more games are moving to this sort of games as a service platform yeah. sort of idea, um, with their own daily challenges and new ways to unlock loot and new ways to grind mm-hmm. away at the in-game currency if you don't want to pay for the microtransactions or whatever. Games, uh, too many games are demanding more of your time mm, and money. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely something that we'll talk about on an upcoming show um but yeah i think a lot of the problem is with those sort of games that a lot of people are put off it um unless they got in on day one of that um just purely because of the catch-up time um that it would take or the extra hours of practice or whatever to get as good as other people in the game moving on then to june um a couple of big sequels here uh we have tech n7 and dirt 4 uh that came out we also have the expansion, the Morrowind expansion to the Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and as you say, um, Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood um, was also released, released in June as well. Those are big sequels, um, the sort of big games. The fact that, well, Tekken 7 is on to its 7th um, outgoing. And Dirt 4, I think, is probably the 5th, maybe, in the series. Um, uh, it is, well, yeah. Yeah. There's dirt, the three dirts, dirt rally, and then dirt four. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, so yeah, a um, couple of big games there. We then also have there's the Town of Light, there's the Wipeout Omega collection, which came mm. out in the PS4. That's quite big. Yeah. Um, there was Next Machina. Uh, there was or Machina. I always keep saying that wrong. Yeah. Um, Elite Dangerous finally got its PS4 port, um, despite mm-hmm. being out on PC for over a year now. And um, um, it's been on Xbox. Oh, it's been on PC for longer than that. In like, um, yeah, uh, early or, access. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's been on Xbox One for at least six months or so. Mm-hmm. We also then have the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy. Massive uh, Released it. <laughs> yeah, it huge. Still seller. top of the charts. Yep. I think it's been, even though it was only released back in June there, I think it is currently holding on to um, the sort of holding on to the number one spot longer than any other game so far this year, at least on the PlayStation 4 anyway. The one other really big title that came out in June was ARMS for the Switch, which is a completely new IP um, but seems to have done really well. It has, and deservedly so. It's a. It's in the same way that Splatoon was a really interesting twist on the multiplayer shooter game. Arms is a, a really interesting twist on um, yeah traditional fighting game. Mm. And um, people were before it came out were a little bit worried that it was going to be a bit casual. It's going to be like Wii boxing, but it's not at all. There's an incredible amount of depth in it. People are taking it incredibly seriously. The mm-hmm. the ranked mode is. Full of sweaty tryhards. <laughs> um, yeah, there's even rumours of it potentially sort of entering into the esports um, category and what have you. So going into July, it does start to get a little bit quieter. Um, we have That's You on the PS4, which has that been included in PS Plus or something? Or um, That's You was uh, free on PS Plus, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, there's Kirby's Blowout Blast on the 3DS. There's Fable Fortune, which I think is the uh, collectible card game um, based on the Fable universe, um, which is out on Xbox One and PC. There is the new version of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, um, which I think took an awful lot of the criticism uh, levelled at Final Fantasy XII in general and has made an awful lot of a done an awful lot of work in the background uh, to improve that. Uh, we also then had the first episode of Minecraft Story Mode uh, Season 2 being released, um, basically covering every format. <laughs> Um, the Minecraft games are definitely they a law unto themselves and the Minecraft story mode seems to be doing quite well um, if it got a season 2 it was obviously popular enough um, obviously being sold on the Minecraft um, sort of background people, or like that, people but, who yeah. played it really liked it yeah so it's no real surprise that it uh, did get a sequel. Uh, we have Yonder on the PS4, a relatively unknown IP, but it looks fantastic um, from some of the video and things that I've seen. Uh, there was the Modern Warfare remastered Call of Duty was released on the Xbox One. Now, this is the one that was previously released with um, COD and Silly Season last year, wasn't yeah, it? Yes. Uh, but it's now getting its own standalone release. Yeah, they sold Ooh. it separately for like 30-something quid, Ooh. I think. Yeah. Uh, for people who were buying the original, uh, the other game, <laughs> to get that remastered version of it, um, I think people will still buy that um, separately um, if they haven't already got it. Yeah, but it's a curiosity, um, probably more than anything else. Um, I actually have something listed for the for iOS and Android here, which is Leighton's Mystery Journey, uh, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. This is um, one of the games made by the same company who make the Professor Leighton games. Um, the, there's a few now on iOS at least, and possibly some of them have been ported over to Android. Um, they take the same sort of general... Um, you know, sort of similar uh, genre of puzzles and things with a little bit of story and what have you behind it. Um, but I think they are more focused on Leighton's supposed brother um, or something like that. Anything that I've seen on it so far seems to be regarding it quite well. There are certainly sort of very up-to-date little references to things like Brexit and um, <laughs> other political um, stories and things developing uh, currently. Uh, we also then have Fortnite, Pyre, Hey Pikmin on the 3DS and Metopia on the 3DS as well. And the big one of the month has to be Splatoon 2. Yeah. Uh, Fortnite, um, just before we move on to Splatoon, is it's not actually out. No, it's yeah, it's the parade early access, which is is a slightly odd sort of um system <laughs> to an extent because that is what it's free it's 40 to play quid. it's going to be free to play it's, it, it, will be um, free, it will be free it's to going play. to be free to play when it comes out in 2018 there's like various levels of founders packs uh, okay. like you get with three to play the, the, the base the basic level of founders pack that i got was like 32 pounds okay and they run all the way up to 80 something pounds wow. okay. um but those versions come with like a bunch of in-game stuff plus multiple copies of the games to give away to your friends so you've got people to play with yeah um but yeah it's like pay pay us a bit of money to get early access to the game help us beta test it 
um and in return you'll get like a constant stream of you know in-game loot crates mm. and things like that or, or loot pinatas as they are yeah. in the game <laughs> that does sound a little bit similar to the um strategy that's uh, a new game coming out called dauntless um is coming out either towards the end of the year or start of next year it's very monster hunter-esque um and i'm on the mailing list and everything and yes they are starting to sell um the sort of founders packs and things ranging from 40 dollars up to about 80 dollars um for sort of the three levels um that there are there again sort of going in at the founders pack gives you access to the beta stages um so it does and then obviously there's a little bit of loot and things like that that you'll get into the game whenever it's properly released and things so yeah it does seem to be possibly a good way of gauging um interest in a game for the people who are happy enough to sort of stump up the money for it um and then sort of moving on to your free-to-play model after that but is it worth the risk what we've been talking about how some of these numbers fall off the cliff yeah is it worth the risk to spend 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 quid when you don't know what the player base is like of the first couple of weeks or so? It's like, uh, it's massive risk. Well, yeah. I think that um, people who paid to get early access, because it makes it very clear that it's early access. It says it's a founder's pack. It explains the details. When you load it up, it says Fortnite early access. People are going to continue chipping away because they paid the money to get, get on it early. I mean, I'm always going to have people to play with because, like, three of my friends who are regularly online have all got it as well. So, and you play in groups of four, so that's fine. Uh, but even if the audience drops off for a bit, as soon as the final free-to-play release comes out in 2018, there's going to be a massive spike in the audience again. Mm. Anyway, sorry, Stu. We just got a diversion. We were about to talk about Splitting possibly too. the game of the year. Oh, yeah. I'll let you two talk about it. it has no interest well, of me at all. I can't really even talk about it because I haven't played it yet, um, but um, based on how good Splatoon was, um, and yeah, everybody is just talking about Splatoon 2 and how great it is. So go ahead, Mark. Go on. Wax it's, Yeah, it's just fantastic. It's it's kind of Splatoon 1.5. Not a whole lot's been changed, but then not a lot needed to be changed. Callie and Mari are gone uh, to be replaced by Pearl and Marina. The, the campaign is um, the same sort of thing that was in the first platoon. Really inventive levels that are kind of reminiscent of uh, Super Mario Galaxy in a weird way, with some of the most you know uh, ingenious boss fights I've seen in games for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiplayer is is the multiplayer. It's the same thing. You've got the uh, standard mode, which is just a turf war, the team that's inked the most turf at the end of the match is the winner, and then you've got like the the ranked mode with the different modes: um, capture and hold a control point, or capture a tower. You know, traditional payload style multiplayer map, but instead of one team pushing and one team defending, both teams are trying to capture and push the payload to the other team's end. Uh, and there's another one called Rainmaker that's basically capture the flag. Um, mm. The big addition to it has been uh, Salmon Run, which is the uh, four-player cop uh, thing where you go out to this little island and you get you face off against wave upon wave of, of salmonids, which are basically little salmon 
uh, enemies, uh, well, little and big, and then like various types of boss uh, enemies uh, that don't come at you just one at a time. You'll get a boss wave where maybe like up to six will come at you at the same time from different angles, and they're difficult to take down. And it's fun and chaotic. It's a bit weird because you're killing the salmon and stealing their eggs Oof. to take them back. <laughs> and the more the more salmon eggs you steal, the more pay you get. And your boss is a grizzly bear. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit weird, uh, but yeah, it's it's just fantastic. It's everything. It, it does everything that uh, right that Splatoon One did. Adds a few more features. Still does some things wrong. I'm not going to lie. You still can't change your weapons between matches without backing out of matchmaking. It's still difficult to get. It's a, you can't party up and then jump into a match unless you go through Nintendo's convoluted mobile phone app nonsense. Uh, but joining with people has been fine. Being able to play it in handheld mode has been fantastic as well because you couldn't do that. You can't play Splatoon One on the touchpad, um, so it's been it's kind of been a revelation to, be able to play that in handheld. Like take take my Switch to work and play some of the campaign on my lunch break. When Splatoon One came out that year it was the first year we did Game of the Year, and it was my Game of the Year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's right up there for me again at the end of this year. Just the sheer joy I get from that game. And it's the only multiplayer shooter that even if I go on like a 10-match losing streak, never frustrates me. Like Overwatch will piss me off like something rotten, Titanfall, Destiny. You know, any number of multiplayer shooters I, I, I play will make me come close to snapping my controller in half. But I can't get angry at Splatoon. It's just so charming. Do you think, to an extent, Nintendo have got it wrong with the mobile app um, that they seem to be foisting on people um, as opposed to any other consoles doing it in-game and things like that? Absolutely. Our own uh, Adam Ducker made a good point when we were talking about this in the chat a while ago that it may be a way to offload some of that stuff onto a separate device so that it doesn't slow down the operating system on the Switch because the mm-hmm. operating system on the Switch is is nice. It's Stark's probably not the right word. It's minimalist mm-hmm. and it just works. It's very smooth. Um, it's a mobile chip. It's already pushing quite hard. Um, so I don't know if, if having that stuff on there as well might make might hinder the performance of games a little bit. I, I don't know the technicalities of it to be honest. Um, but it does seem like a massive misstep. I could accept a little bit more if the app worked in a way that you would expect it to work, so that the voice chat was a good quality and you didn't need to have the app open and your screen on for it to work. Like, if you want to check Twitter or something like that between matches, it'll drop you out of the chat. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go back into the app, apparently it'll put you straight back into the chat, but, you know. So, nobody uses it. Uh, <laughs> people just use Skype or Discord, which is what we did with the Wii U, and yeah. works fine. And I'll continue to do that with the Switch. You can use the app for matchmaking, private rooms, private lobbies. Just don't bother with the chat. But yeah, it's 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 uh, you know, Nintendo games work perfectly well online. Never have any issues really getting into matches on Splatoon or Mario Kart or ARMS. There's no lag. Very rarely get dropped or kicked or anything like that. It's just the the social aspects of the online system they just don't understand. 
Or either protecting yeah. the little kiddie winks. I've played enough Call of Duty to know the little kiddie winks are the worst. Oh yeah, I know the little kiddie winks. I work with kiddie winks. I know that they're, yeah. they're the worst. Maybe Nintendo protecting the adults <laughs> from the foul-mouthed children. Part 2. In which our intrepid hosts peer into the future and talk about games that aren't out yet. Or something. Can you tell my heart isn't in this? HR management isn't what it used to be. I think I need to speak to my union rep. Anyway, back to the show, I suppose. Okay, then. We then get into future releases. Um, so everything starts to, well, to an extent, speed up. Um, but the sort of numbers of games that have been announced... Uh, it's still actually yeah the lists are quite big uh, so going into August we have uh, quite a few new IPs actually we've got Hellblade uh, Senua's Sacrifice now this is the one that was um, has been made via the Square Enix Collective uh, which is um, sort of Square Enix backed um, but they are still sort of independent um, software publishers and uh, developers uh, so they are. I think they have announced that already that this will be coming out at a slightly lower price point. Um, although I think that some people have said that they are surprised that it's coming out actually as dear as it is. I think it's in around the sort of twenty-five pound mark or whatever. But they have said that it's because the game in itself is um, a short hour game. Um, so you are only really looking at sort of six to eight hours um, sort of completion time. Um, so it's interesting to see developers actually starting to take that on board um, mm. whenever they're actually thinking about the pricing and things like that. There is uh, Cliffy B's new game, Lawbreakers, which we've already mentioned. Which is also a cut price game. Is it? Ah, okay. Yes. A couple of other ones then. Agents of Mayhem um, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, PC. That's um, by um, the Saints Row guys, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, your superhero yeah. team yeah. or something. I think yeah. that is coming out at a fairly expensive... I think that's currently bundled... Full bundled in with... Yeah, price, currently bundled in with one of the Humble bundles at their very top end. I think they're looking at about maybe... Oh. I think £57 or whatever. I know you get the rest of the bundle as well as that, yeah. but it's still... Um, pre-purchasing that quite a premium um there's absolver and warriors all-stars and uh, mario and rabbit's kingdom battle is expected to be out at the end of august as well got it pre-ordered uh, also <laughs> pre-ordered everybody's golf as well because i mm-hmm. really enjoyed the beta we then have a couple of entries into sort of long-standing franchises. Um, there is a new version of the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 coming to PS4, Xbox One and PC. The new Sonic game, Sonic Mania, is coming out as well on PS4, yeah. Xbox One, Switch new, and PC. Well, it's like new old Sonic games. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it takes what everybody likes about Sonic and remasters or remakes, reimagines um, some of the previous levels and things like that. Um, and it's an, uh, it's an official fan project as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is, yeah. We then also have Uncharted The Lost Legacy um, coming out on PS4. We have Madden NFL 18 um, coming out on PS4 and Xbox One, starting to hit that um, American football season coming in. And we have Everybody's Golf coming out on the PS4, um, as well as a Yakuza Kiwami, um, part of the Yakuza... It's... It's a remake of yes, the, yeah, the very a first one. The, the first one, yeah. PS2, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then we have the sequel to Life is Strange, which is called Life is Strange Before the Storm, coming out on the 31st of August. That's the prequel. prequel. Well, yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, again, that's a big month, really, for August. There's a lot of... There's a lot of new games coming out there. Um, things like Uncharted: The Lost Legacy will definitely sell because, oh, um, for sure. yeah, everybody loves um, the Uncharted series. So that I, and things like Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, um, obviously, you know, taking the Mario name and even Rabbids name and creating a new IP about it will be a big seller. Um, and from what we saw on the Nintendo Direct or the small amounts that we've seen so far, it does look very interesting. Um, oh, basically, it looks great. Yeah, people are basically starting to call it Mario XCOM. Uh, that's basically to, to what extent, it is, yeah. 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 That's, that's a day one for me. Uh, everybody's Golf is a day one for me. Um, there's a lot of interesting games coming out that month, but I think most of them are just going to have mm. to wait and pick them up when they're cheaper just because otherwise I just won't have any money (laughs) (laughs) and it gets even worse as the year goes on yeah so from August then we go into September which is definitely the start of people getting games out before the Christmas rush so we have Knack 2, we have Destiny 2, we have Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, we have Dishonored, Death of the Outsider which is not quite a sequel but a little bit, is that a Standalone, yeah. standalone DLC, and I think it may be the end of the franchise. Yeah, which it's a hurts shame. me deeply. Yep. We have Divinity Two Original or Divinity Original Sin Two. We have Metroid: Samus Returns coming out on the 3DS, uh, which a lot of people are excited about, but also starting to get annoyed about the fact that there is an awful lot of the extra game um, locked behind Amiibo uh, physical DLC. Um, I think there was an article up on Kotaku uh, today basically saying that you need um, all of the previously released uh, sort of Metroid Amiibos. Um, so that's um, Samus, Samus Zero Suit, the new Metroid one, and the new Samus um, Amiibo coming out. Yep. Um, so basic, basically, along with the game, you are going to be running to £44, probably at the cheapest, um, assuming that you can get hold of them. Unless you got them pre-ordered, there's absolutely no way. It'll be the same situation like with... Uh, I was quite lucky, I managed to pick up two of the Splatoon 2 Amiibo for £10 each from yep. the Nintendo site. Mm-hmm. But even there, like, quantities are limited, and it's limited to one per person for good reason um yep. but if samus returns sells it'll be the same situation as it has been with zelda amiibo yep like, uh, you'll not be able to get them. the new the old ones um for yep. a reasonable price either nintendo's probably your best bet um at the moment yeah they seem to be quite well nintendo seem to be quite good um on the store site about sort of keeping as much in stock as possible and obviously then only charging the uh, sort of recommended retail price of about 10.99 for them yeah they um, don't so inflate they their are own good prices, that way which is yeah good, yeah um if you are looking for Amiibos and don't mind paying the ordinary recommended retail price, Toys R Us um, are usually a good bet at the minute. They don't have a full range, but in-store, um, if you're lucky enough, they have a reasonable range as far as I'm aware. Argos also have a currently okay range. Um, obviously, they'll not be able... They don't have some of the sort of the bigger sellers and things like that, but it is still possible um, to sort of pick them up. Amazon is a little bit um, sort of getting into sort of outlaw territory um, with yeah. some of the prices and things that they're charging well, the, for them. The UK Amazon one is. I did a little bit of investigating after something I saw on Reddit over the weekend. Uh, Amazon.jp, uh-huh. uh, if you don't mind paying the shipping costs, 
uh, they don't seem to inflate the cost of their amiibo. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which is weird, yeah. yeah. Okay, we then also have a little bit of fighting games. We've got Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and we have Pokemon Tournament DX coming out on the Switch. Um, there's been sort of some trailers and things for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and it does look interesting, although a lot of people are up in arms about the fact that it takes an awful lot more from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, than it does from any of the previous Marvel vs. Capcom games. Um, there's um, there's some serious problems with it. Like I had uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on the Xbox 360, and I know that was mm-hmm. like the ultimate version of it, but it had a massive roster. Yeah. Um, and it ha- included lots of lesser-known characters from the Marvel side and some characters that you wouldn't expect from the Capcom side, like Amateras from Okami um, and characters like that. The roster for um, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is tiny in comparison, and I imagine they're going to be selling lots of characters as DLC later on down the line. Um, The fighting itself is pretty solid. The cutscenes are fucking awful. (laughs) Like, really badly acted. The facial animations are awful. Chun-Li has terrifying eyebrows in it. Um, It just looks bad. And the last, like, UMVC Infinite, even though, you know, it's a last-gen game, looks better than this one does. Yeah. So, make of that what you will. Yeah, worrying. So, to round out the month, we have Total War Warhammer 2, which I keep thinking should just be Total Warhammer. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Cuphead is finally coming out on the Xbox finally! One and PC. Finally, <laughs> yeah. Um, the sort of much touted uh, Cuphead, which has been it's been has been announced for ages and um, is eventually coming out. And of course, rounding out the month, FIFA eighteen. Um, yeah, it's FIFA. <laughs> it's coming to Switch though, as well. It is, which is there's, unusual. It is, because I think the last couple have skipped uh, Nintendo consoles. There's some debate about what version it's going to be. um, It's not the the 360 and PS3 version. Yeah. It's a completely new version that apparently takes, uh, makes as much use of the Switch, the power the Switch has as possible. Mm -hmm. But it's going to, they're cutting elements out, like Mm -hmm. the journey. which me and, and Adam are both <laughs> massive fans of, is not in the Switch version. Mm. But it's not the last-gen version. It's just been ported. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that reviews, um, mm. purely because, yeah, EA have had given up on Nintendo hardware for a good wee while there and completely skipped um, most um, of their releases on the, the Wii U as well. Um, so it's good for Nintendo to get them back on side. Um, but it'll be bad for the reputation if they're not releasing as good a version of games um, as they do on the other consoles. So moving into October then, and let's see, we have Forza Motorsport 7, we have Middle Earth Shadow of War, we have The Evil Within 2, we have, well there's a date in here for South Park The Fractured But Whole, I have a funny feeling that has already been pushed back or delayed um, since this list was put together. Yeah. 
Um, Destiny 2 finally makes an appearance on the PC, um, which is interesting um, for the simple fact that Destiny didn't even make it to the PC. Uh, so the fact that it's now going to be on PC is good. There is Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, I think this is the sort of one vaguely based in Egypt. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they have got any historians involved in this or whether or not they've just been watching Tom Cruise as the mummy multiple times (laughs) or that film Gods of Egypt (laughs) more like Gods of Egypt (laughs) don't watch it Um, so two big games to round out October we have Mm. Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch and Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus on PS4, Xbox One and PC Mm, they're both massive like lots of hype around both of those games yeah those will definitely be two big sellers um sort mm. of going into the christmas uh, rush of the will um wolfenstein, wolfenstein is just is a is a bethesda game so expect it to be available at a cut price within a fortnight <laughs> <laughs> possibly although wolfenstein itself hasn't dropped down too much um to oh, what, the um the new order yeah the, the last one new order and old blood yeah yeah, uh, they have both been available digitally on PS4 sales for as little as £5. Really? All right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the DLC standalone came out about 12 quid or something, was it 15 or something? Yeah. It, was, it was quite yeah. cheap. I mean, out. even now, not on sale, um, Wolfenstein, uh, the new order is, I think, £15 on the PS4 store. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been as low as as £5 in sales. Oh, okay. Which makes yeah. me wonder why I haven't bought it. Yeah, they are. It will be right up my street as well. I don't know why I haven't bought it. So, moving into November then, we have the very obvious Call of Duty, but this time going back to World War II, uh, coming out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We have Crackdown 3, coming out on Finally. Xbox One and PC. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have Super Lucky's Tale coming out on Xbox One. I'm not sure if that's an exclusive um, to them. Um, yeah, I, think I think it's it a is, console it? exclusive at least because it's a sequel to oh, a game that was an Oculus game. Oh, right, okay. Or Super Lucky's Tale was originally going to be an Oculus game or something. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely at least uh, uh, Xbox uh, console exclusive. Yeah, as as most games come out on the Xbox One, then they're also all available through Windows Ten storefront as well. There is a new game in the Need for Speed um, franchise called Need for Speed Payback. Mm-hmm. Couple of big sequels um, coming up here. Then we have Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom coming out on PS4 and PC. So excited for that one. <laughs> we have Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and I think it has been recently announced it will be coming out on Switch as well. Um, I th- have a funny feeling there is some sort of... It was billed as like a special edition or a complete edition or something coming out on the Switch, so I don't know if that will then include any potential season pass um, that will be applied to the other versions on the other consoles and things like that. It'll be interesting to see. We have Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon coming out on the 3DS. Now, these are obviously um, the sort of upgraded versions um, of Sun and Moon that came out uh, last year sometime um, on the 3DS. Uh, as they always do um, on the 3DS uh, or for the Pokemon games, there's always a newer version that comes out either. It's uh, usually a colour upgrade or whatever, but they've obviously decided just to go with Ultra 
um, tacked on to the actual name of it this time. There is also Star Wars Battlefront 2 coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. It looked really good at E3, but the drop-off for the um, Star Wars Battlefront last year, I think an awful lot of people were very disappointed by. Um, it was turning up in second-hand stores very quickly. Um, I after think it was that released. was also there was the combination of there being no single player campaign um, with the fact that they made the multiplayer so accessible that it was incredibly shallow mm-hmm. Um, mm. in terms of like look and feel and sound they absolutely nailed it playing it on a big TV with a pair of headphones on felt like you were in Star Wars like because dice are incredible at their sound uh, you know the, the sound design it's just the actual gameplay itself was just Meh. I mean, right down mm, to the fact that like split the um, user base, didn't we? There, there was no squ- yeah, there was no squads in the first Battlefront. You could partner up with one other person. Um, you didn't even uh, aiming down sights made no difference to your accuracy at all. Um, it was just really super simplified and fun, but very shallow. So it would keep you entertained for half an hour or so, and then you'd want something more meaty so hopefully they've fixed all of those problems with this one so the ones that sort of haven't been given uh, confirmed dates although i think some of them since this list has been made have been given one or two uh, there's ace combat 7 coming out on ps4 xbox one death gambit ps4 pc elder Scrolls skyrim coming out on the switch uh, gran turismo sport coming out on the ps4 nidhogg 2 coming out ps4 pc and mac and xenoblade chronicles 2 making its uh, way onto the switch before the end of the year oh no sorry i missed vampire yeah vampire in november mm. yeah yeah vampire is one that i'm um, really looking forward to uh it's by don't nod who did uh life is strange which is a very very different sort of game but before they did life is strange they did a game called remember me which is um, a really underrated game, in my opinion. Massively flawed, but massively ambitious. Made by a quite small French studio. Um, the, that first game was funded by Capcom, and it did sell very well, and Capcom severed all ties with them. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really interesting um, uh, third-person character action game set in like a cyberpunk version of paris and uh for all of its massive flaws i absolutely loved it um incredible soundtrack as well but hardly anyone ever played it um and this is another sort of third person character action game but sort of but also an open world rpg where you're playing a doctor who becomes a vampire um and from what I've seen of the story, it looks uh, sorry in the gameplay. It looks really, really interesting. It's set in a sort of like Victorian London sort of uh, world. I don't know if it's actually London, um, and the character is uh, uneasy with what he's become. Um, and yeah, it looks kind of cool. So it yeah, it could be um, could be another sleeper hit. Hmm. So, Mark, question is, how are you paying for all these games? <laughs> you know, because there seems to be a lot of games that you're looking forward to and you're getting day one. Uh, no, no. Uh, the, the, to be honest, the, uh, 
Destiny 2, already pre-ordered. That's already paid for. Um, Mario, uh, Everybody's Golf is already pre-ordered because Amazon done fucked up the other day and we're selling £42 credit um, amounts on their store for £25, so I bought one and uh, put my pre-order down for Everybody's Golf. Uh, apart from that, the only games that I'm going to be getting day one are games that are multiplayer games that I know that other people are going to be getting and playing because you as we will discuss at some point in the future, it's probably best to get on day one then. Everything else, uh, I can wait. Shadow of War, I can wait. Vampire, I can wait. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, I will wait to see whether it's actually any good. Uh, Nino Kuni 2, I can wait. Um, yeah, I just need to clear some of my backlog first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to be more um, sensible with stuff like that. Multiplayer games I'll make an exception for because I like to get in there on the ground floor. Um, single player games, uh, I can wait. Mario Odyssey I probably will get day one though because it's because it's only Mario. <laughs> um, so that kind of wraps everything up. Um, one other sort of big news item that um, has hit so far is the. News of the Xbox One X. Uh, now, I know we discussed this, or has been discussed previously on the E3 um, show and what have you. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a big thing. Um, so it is. And when you, look, when you look at the release dates in November, apart from Crackdown 3, there's not really a massive push around but it, is it? Crackdown, yeah, Crackdown 3 is a launch title for the um, Xbox yeah. One. But then... Uh, the month before, you've got Forza um, Motorsport 7, which will run at a reported four, 4K 60 frames a second on, on the Xbox One X. Um, and yeah. then, But normally with a new console release, you normally get a big push of two or three console that, exclusives yeah, to But that's been up. Microsoft's problem for a while, though, is they don't really have mm. many first-party studios, to be honest. Um uh, and they don't really seem to be going out and buying exclusive rights to no. third-party games. And so they don't have a massive amount, but um, plenty of those third-party studios uh, have confirmed that the games will be optimized for Xbox One X. So, um, uh, for instance, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is going to be a massive game like every Assassin's Creed game is, uh, that was shown off on the Xbox's stage running on an Xbox One X, apparently. Uh, and that's going to be put, optimized for the Xbox One X. Like all the big games, Star Wars Battlefront 2 will be optimized for the, for the One X. Um, so there'll be plenty of games to play on it around that time. There's just not a huge amount of... There's not a huge number of games that you can't yeah. play elsewhere. And make sure you've got your limited broadband. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Downloading those 4K texture packs. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that rounds out um, the year and uh, sort of our mid-year review about what has happened and what will happen, or at least what will be released. So it's quite a list and definitely it's um, a lot of people are touting it as sort of a marquee year um, for games and things. And looking at that list of what has already come out and what is coming out, it definitely um, is standing up there um, for the games that have been out. Even if you take out Nintendo launching a new console and but you know um 
I'm not going to say barraging us with games because they haven't, but um, releasing a steady stream of games for it. Even if you take that out, it's mm. been the first six months have been really, really strong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it. Another six months of your pathetic lives is done. Sure, you played some video games, but did you achieve anything worth of note? No? Didn't think so. I, on the other hand, am six months closer to my dream of a global HR robot uprising. Anyway, I suppose I better let Stu close the show out. Goodbye for now. Error. Evil laugh.mp3 not found. Error. 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 So, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you very much for Andy and Mark coming on. Not a problem. See you again in six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you again in six months, where we will probably have some sort of game of the year list. <laughs> it's going to be Puyo Puyo Tetris. It's not going to be Puyo Puyo Tetris. That's going to be your <laughs> game of the year. Mate, <laughs> play it. Trust me, play it. If only I had the hardware. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you very much for listening, and as per usual, if you have any feedback for the show, give us a shout on Twitter, or get us on email at lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com, just to say hello. So, thank you very much, and goodbye! See ya! See ya!